0: Hey, he's Jake and I'm Matt and welcome to Patch Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast.
1: and welcome to another episode of Patch Chat which is an well an almost instant reaction as you can get being that we're in the UK so you know up first thing this morning checking that there's anything been done overnight whilst we've all been sleeping and that sort of thing and then into it to get our reactions. Uh, Jake will be joining us shortly but I've also got a very special guest. You'll have seen him on the BBC, you'll have heard him on the radio as well and You know, you'll know him from numerous years of covering the NFL. It's Mike Carlson. How's it going, Mike?
2: Well, it's interesting because this morning somebody tweeted out this sort of thanks to some of the um, BBC NFL people and all, you know, um, and said, and don't forget uh, Carlson's cameo appearances, which are great. We should do more. And I said, cameo Carlson is not quite as impressive a nickname as Iron Mike. No, definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) But... But anyway, um, yeah, I went to bed, I guess if I were, you know, if I were a, a committed Patriots fan or a more committed Patriots fan, I, w- I would probably not have, I probably would have been dreaming about free agency acquisitions, but um, I, I didn't do that. I did get up and check to see if they had been busy in, late into the night, but uh, years ago, and it probably is close to 20 years, more like 15 years ago, maybe more, um, the website Cold Hard Football Facts, which was based in Boston, and, and they were they were Patriots um, fans. Um, I did a piece for them about Bill's uh, Grand Grand Gil, uh, Gillette Field theory of the universe, and I, I I was trying to come up with with an overall plan. And at that point, I said, you know, the basic plan was that there isn't one that he adapts um, and. I think 20 years on, what this, strat, what this free agency period so far has shown is that um, he certainly does continue to adapt. There, there are a few things that have sort of stuck um, over the la- over the 20 years, but they are more individual player things. In terms of team building, in terms of how he, he sets the, has sets the thing going, he is, I would say, the most adaptable coach of our era and probably of any era because basically football has mostly been about execution. In other words, you come up with your game plan and you execute better than the other team's defense can, or your defense executes better than the other team's offense can. And execution is very, very important, but he's different in that his game plans will change game by game, season by season um he's been he's been able to win and that that to me has always been the key point of Tom Brady is that Brady allowed him to do that Brady's greatest strength as a quarterback was his adaptability you know if they if they wanted to run a downfield offense with Randy Moss they could do it if they wanted to run a ball control um run first offense with Corey Dillon they could do it if they wanted to dink and dunk um with uh, you know, Wes, Wes Welker and Edelman, they, they could do that if they wanted to play two tight ends, which I think is what he wants to do now. And what you know, at its peak was, was Gronk and Hernandez, um, they'll do that, you know? and, and Brady was able to execute in all of those things um, you know, very, very well, which is something that a lot of quarterbacks can't do, um, that, that adaptability. Um, you know, when Indianapolis and Peyton were having that great run in the first decade of the century, They had about three running plays and it didn't change. (laughs) You know, now we'd say inside zone, outside zone. Then we said it was like outside stretch, uh, draw, inside draw. Um, yeah, and they basically just ran them and ran them. And, and because they was such a good passing quarterback and and the play action was such a, was such a threat and their line was coached so well. Um, they were, they were able to do that. And I think the second thing that this shows us is that Bill, you remember last year he gave an interview where, it uh, wasn't into. I think it was at a press conference, but he said, you know, that they they had got themselves into salary cap trouble, and they couldn't rebuild the way they would want to last year. And everybody said, "Oh, Bill's whining," you know, he's complaining. But it was the truth. I mean, he was simply he was simply telling the truth. They they had got themselves into a mess, and it was exacerbated by the a few key withdra- COVID withdrawals, opt outs from the season. You know, where they had let free agents go, and then the opt outs happened to hurt them in some of the same same positions um so so you know i, I think he was telling the truth there and to me it was a great shock yesterday to see bill <laughs> i don't know why the nfl calls it <laughs> the tam- the legal tampering period <laughs> i mean i assume the only reason is that if they just said okay you can start monday then everyone would start last friday and, and instead and they would have to then have a new legal tampering period but, you know, it's like, just say free agency starts now and, you know, and, and then find the shit out of everybody who, who even picks up a telephone to an agent you know, before that. Um, <laughs> and the NFL can bug all 32 offices if they want to. You know, they've got the resources. So um, anyway, but I was, I was really surprised to see them move quickly in this period of free agency because normally, and, and it has been true for most of the free agency period, they have waited around to see where the best value lies. Um, they've let the big ticket items go because they, they know they can't afford them um, by and large. Um, they look for guys who they can coach coach into uh, their way of playing, which means you have to be primarily flexible and intelligent and tough um, because they do value they do value that, um, that sort of toughness. And so to see them move so quickly, again, it was mostly for middle – middle to high, you know, not to the top end of the market, um, but, but middle middle end sort of. Um and I'm I was a little a little surprised by it. But if you if, if you know we can go through the individual picks. I have to say two years ago I said the first guy that they would target was Mike Pennell from the Jets. Hmm. Um and they did. And then they let him go, which I thought was a huge mistake. Um and if they hadn't let him go, they'd probably be in a better position in, in terms of the defensive front right now um and this year had i written fridays had they not beaten me to friday's column (laughs) (laughs) because this friday i was going to i was going to comment on the first signings and then you know the best guys left and i was sure that the first guy that they would target was henry anderson from the jets again from the jets Mm -hmm. um and sure enough he was the last guy they signed yesterday but but um you know i i would i was going to say that henry anderson was my first target I think, I thought he would like Matt Judon, but I thought both the price and the experience of Adelius Thomas might slow them down in their pursuit of Judon. But Judon has all the qualities they want in an outside linebacker. Um, and I, I laugh when I see him referred to as an edge rusher because he's very much not an edge rusher. He's, he's a flexible, versatile outside linebacker who can rush the passer. But he can also play, you know, play inside if they want to. And Bill's priority at that position has always been someone who sets the edge. Multiplicity is good, but edge setting is, is, is the first thing because they wind up playing as a defensive end a lot of the time. You know, he passed on Clay Matthews years and years ago twice, because <laughs> they were trading down in, in that first round. Because he wasn't not an edge setter. You know, I, I looked, And I thought they were going to draft it. I mean, I, I was doing NFL UK where we used to do a video with a really tacky little board that we stuck the names <laughs> on. Um, and they, I think it was Neil, Neil and I used to do it. And, um, you know, I had I had them go, taking Clay Matthews in the 20s, wherever it was in the 20s. You know, and, and obviously I was wrong. But <laughs> in my mind, that was right, you know. and but I, So I said to myself, why didn't they take Clay Matthews? And that's the reason so I, I realized that that, that was why nice. So... You know, I, I think those are both good pickups. I think, I think by and large, they were pretty good pickups. Your question is whether the price was worth it with a lot mm-hmm. of the guys, whether they, whether they haven't overpaid simply because they have the cap space to do it. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, but, um, it's as if they were, I wouldn't say they were bidding against themselves in most of the cases. Um, Because there would be other interests there, but I think they may have overpaid a bit too. Now, we don't know also because I haven't seen the details of contracts, you know, because lots of these contracts now they're getting cleverer and cleverer by the NFL team. So everyone screamed about, you know, Taysom Hill's four year $150 million contract or whatever. This is nothing of the sort. (laughs) You know, he's getting paid barely more (laughs) than Jameis Winston, you know. Um, It's the kind of thing that they they can get out of right away. Um, Joe Tooney's contract with the Chiefs is huge um but but in the first year um i think it's going to cost them 18 million um i think in in the first year and that's only because they're paying seven the 17 million bonus is being paid up front he actually is getting a salary of like nine hundred ninety thousand for the first year um to keep the cap hit cap hit down but you know um I don't think they would have been able to afford that, but bringing back Trent Green, no, sorry, Trent Brown at 11 million is actually the, probably the best move of the whole free agency. They, the first thing they did before free yeah. agency was that trade. Was that trade? I think that's huge because it gave them a lot of flexibility now in what they do with the offensive line. Um, and you know, I know they made noises about bringing Tooney back, which I, <laughs> he's a great lineman. I think even even being valued. As he was by most people, is like the second best guard in the draft, but he was the best guard available. I think you might even argue the best lineman available in this free agency period because um, you could use him at left tackle or an emergency. You know, if the Chiefs had had him last year, they would have probably have had a better Super Bowl because he would kick out to left tackle. I think rather than move Remmers over to the right to the right side um, and. Um, now they're in a position where they actually have a starting line if they can find a center. And that's, you know, maybe they do bring David Andrews back. which would not be bad. But, you know, you can find a center easier than you can find a, a, good, a, a good tackle um, nowadays in, in the NFL
1: yeah definitely it's uh i mean i've uh, i've made no secret on this podcast of my love for joe tooney not for just being a great lineman but also for being a man united fan as well um <laughs> so but to see him move on <laughs> to the Chief,
2: that it's... probably got him an extra million With, with
1: I don't know. yeah exactly but... yeah i mean
2: and part of it is he he's only missed one game mm-hmm. in his career you know sure Who's Scherf's a great guard, no, no question. But Scherf's missed a lot of games. Mm. Um, I'd rather have Tooney any, any day, you know. Even if I, even if I thought Scherf was significantly, or, or you know, or a good portion better, I'd rather have a guy who's going to play every day. And, I, and if you're giving him a long-term contract, he's even, you know, I mean, line injuries to an extent are random. You know, it's usually some guy falling over your ankles from behind and, and you know, killing kill your knees. But Tooney's not also not an overdeveloped kind of body he, it, it's not like he it's it's not like he looks like he's carrying a ton of extra weight he, he um he's what they used to say country country big you know it's like it's <laughs> his, his natural his natural size yeah know? um so anyway but he's gone gone but not forgotten
1: yeah no, uh, like exactly. so many others <laughs> totally and i just wonder what you, when you were um talking there mike that about the the money and things i wonder in a way, if it is sort of like in relation to, you know, liken it to Man City or Chelsea where they've got, everyone knows they've got this pot of money and they kind of just have to, you know, overpay essentially exactly what you're saying. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's not huge. The difference I think with Man City or Chelsea is that they go after the top. You know, you might call it, it, he's more like, um, He's more like Arsenal, uh, in the Arsene Wenger era, yeah. where, where they're going after lesser, lesser known kind of, or, or smaller stars in, in, in countries where you can pick them up relatively cheaply. And I don't know if he's, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know what in the end the market value of Bourne or, or Aguilar or, um, or John Smith might have been, but it's so unbill like to go out and, you know, sort of, give them enough to get it off the table i mean i, I think you know should we start in on people because <laughs> because i mean obviously wide receivers in need for them tight ends in need for them um I've ne- i i'm not a big agalor fan no um i i see what he can do um and last year he you know he, they used him a lot more creatively i think than he used use in some situations, but I also see what he can't do. And one of those things is catch the ball consistently. He reminds me of Rishay Caldwell. You know, th- this seems to me to be like a Rishay Caldwell pick up for for the Patriots. Um, you you can't build a receiving team around him. Uh, now, in fairness, there weren't a lot of A options. In the best A options, probably Juju. And the Patriots were always unlikely to spend big money on Juju because they would consider him with, you know, it's okay if you're picking him up like they did Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown. But, um, and he's not the problem it's <laughs> like Josh or Gordon or Antonio Brown were for different reasons. But yeah, the same thing. I think they would be a little bit shy of going. He would have been more perfect, I think, um, for mm-hmm. what they wanted to do because he is a guy you could play at any of the three, you know, XYZ spots. Um, and, and, and have, and have it be super productive. Um, Bourne I like a little bit better, mostly because he's a great downfield blocker, if, if nothing more. Um, and, um, I said, which is cruel which is cool to him, but I, I'm, I think, I'm not sure from the route running perspective, he's what the Patriots really want. Um, because most of his stuff was with the Niners were crosses and, and go. Pump and go kind of kind of groups. I'm, I'm not sure you can beat people off the line um, deep, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. It, it gives them options, though, because the guys are pretty much flexible, Bourne and, and Um And if Edelman comes back, which I'm kind of doubtful, he comes back at top efficiency, um, it, it would at least give, give them three guys. I, I've seen rumors that Harry is on the trading block. Um, <laughs> It would be a shame to give up on him, but um, because he has flashes of of ability, um, you know, which is, and I think they thought they you know, they liked him better than um, uh, DK Metcalf, for example. Yeah. Um, you know went a lot and so when you tried to figure out well why did they like him better than people it was supposed to be that you know he was more savvy he had a bigger tree of of pass routes that he could run all that kind of stuff that (laughs) that never really showed itself did it no Um, it didn't
1: he's um i mean i I think the big one apart from metcalf as well was he went now they took him before A. J. Brown as well, and they've seen what he's gone on yeah. to do. He's, he's a proper yeah. field stretcher, and but as you say, they they saw something different to to as my limited knowledge of watching him in college and things. It seems like he was that you know that fade pass in the end zone to the back corner. That's because he's a big guy. He can he can jump up and grab the pass better than um, maybe those two could. And that's probably ultimately why they took him. And when I saw those um, news reports about him potentially being traded, I thought he would have been gone. I thought he was going to be in a straight swap for, you know, someone not um, born, but, you know, someone receiver for receiver. um,
2: Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot of trade value. That's, that's the
1: problem.
2: Not only because of of spotty play, but also injuries. So Mm -hmm. the team would be, would be taken. It's always bad to, to get rid of a player. Low, um, and and in fairness, Bills had problems over the years evaluating wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, um, I mean the tight end thing is exaggerated. Um, he had the one great draft with Hernandez and with Gronk in round two, and Hernandez in round four. Both guys dropping because of perceived problems that turned out to be true <laughs> gronks because of injury and, and you know great as he is and was he missed a lot of time to injuries mm, yeah um and um, and hernandez because of character concerns which were poo-pooed not least by urban meyer um but which turned out to be you know in the end more tragic than, than anyone could have imagined mm-hmm. um but you know but he also has had you know daniel graham uh, um, ben Watson were good players. You know, it's just they couldn't be the focus of an offense. And and I think picking up John O'Smith Smith, who he, Bill apparently really likes, <laughs> from everything I was reading la- last night. Um, you know, the, last year I could I still cannot figure out why they traded up for the two tight ends that they drafted. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, un- unless their their spy system told them that somebody else, you know really wanted them, but you know, Asiasi I could see maybe, but but you know, uh, they probably could have got him, you know, or or trade up for the one, but 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 um, Dalton um, um
1: Dalton Keene. Whatever. Dalton Keene. Um
2: I, I, I don't get it, you know. Um but with John Smith and Asiasi, if Asiasi plays the way he looked like he might play, then they could go to two tight ends a lot and have both the offensive threats. And you know, Lacoste might come back. I don't know. Um, Izzo is, is okay, you know, um, as a blocker and, and, and a short yardage kind of guy. Keen didn't really impress me much. He, he seems like, um, oh God, I'm having, it's morning. I'm, I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> um, Matt, um, Mills, Garrett, Garrett, Gar- Garrett Mills. He, he seems like a Garrett Mills type, um, <clears throat> which, which Bill seems to like, um, someone he might be able to use it at fullback or you know, that kind of thing. But I, I would not be surprised if you saw an awful lot with Cam Newton, the quarterback of, of two tight end offenses designed to put teams into running, running defenses. Yeah. Um, and then let Cam maneuver his way, you know, to find open receivers or to find space to run um, outside, outside the, uh, the design flows. Yeah. Um, I think so, that would yeah. fit
1: with um, with Smith coming from the Titans and from what I saw, especially last season, from what I saw of the Titans with Firkser, Fisker, Fisker. No. Fisker, yeah. Yeah, the other tight end. You know that because I was reading um, this morning that you know they've picked up Smith and he was by all accounts he was touted as probably the tight end that the Patriots were going for by the beat writers and things and he he's not had an over five hundred yard season but. If you look at uh, from last year, they did a lot of two tight end sets, and you didn't know yeah. where whether um, Tannehill was throwing to Smith or Ferkser. So, I mean, I, I think yeah, you could. I think you could be right with that. When you will see that probably quite a lot. Yeah,
2: he's year. not he's not a Gronk or a um, Kelsey, uh, but he could be a nurse, I think um, I thought Hunter Henry might interest him more, um, although I think his price tag probably would have been even higher. Um, he's a pretty good player all around as well, but he's probably not as explosive as, as John Smith can be um, with the ball in his hands. Um, but I was sitting there thinking bargain bill, you know, and, and bargain bill, I thought was going to go after Dan Arnold. That was, um, <laughs> that, that was where, that was where I thought he, he might, he might lie. But obviously this, this time it's trader bill or, you know, uh, or a, high, a spender, a spender bill. I don't know. And, um, but so that, that's the that's the receivers. Trent Brown, I think really does shore up that line at least for a year. It gives them the chance to, um, you know, maybe draft alignment um, and, and develop him as well. So, I mean, now I don't, I'm not sure it's going to look like this because I'm not sure if Shaq Mason can move to left guard or if on moves to, left. and on was the best value pick of the entire 2020 draft in the NFL. Um, yeah. You know, especially for, if you consider for one year, you know, for one year value for him to move in as a starter, as a rookie. Um, so maybe he plays left guard. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, excuse me, Wynn plays left guard, Brown plays left tackle, and on Wensu plays right tackle. Um, you know, they've got permutations that they can save their offensive line with. Um, they seem to like, um, the illuminator, um, the, uh, you know, uh, more than I, than I do. Uh, I mean, I love, I love him. <laughs> but I, you know, being, being British and all, having had contact with him, he's great. Um, and, you know, I, I still think he's got potential, but I'm just not sure how he's going to fit in to this. You know, originally he was starting and alternating with Unwensu, and, um, you know, then Unwensu sort of took the job when he got hurt, and um, he never got it back. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's there to be the swing tackle um and if 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 they have Wynn and Brown starting that means the swing tackle only has to play right tackle mm-hmm. um cuz if Brown's playing right tackle he can move to left he's already done that if Wynn were playing right tackle he could move. he could move to left even if he were playing guard he could swing out um, to left so that that's that's all um that's all a, a good move and that and Trent Brown with one year and 11 million is is a pretty good value um and they they got something for Marcus Cannon, which um, yeah, they got the a pretty good deal
1: for him, didn't they?
2: Well, you know, eleven—they move up eleven picks in three rounds, but that's mm. that's okay because because basically you would have assumed, and I think they were doing him a favor in a sense, which which people don't realize, but Bill has done that quite a bit with players. You know, yeah. let them go cheaply, um, almost as a fa- as a favor. Um, I, he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Patriots can criticize what he's done for them, um, you know, especially given his problems coming out of college. You know, when they when they drafted him, knowing knowing that he had cancer, um, and so he's given him. I think he probably wants to be in Texas near his family. He opted out last year. He probably he hadn't showed up for the the latest uh, uh, medical run-throughs in, in New England. I, I think he probably wants to stay home, and and that's you know. Given his circumstances, I think that's pretty fair. So so to trade him to Houston and, and actually get some value back for him was probably a really good move for them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up someone along the way, you know, uh, if they don't re-sign David Andrews. Um, um, they might try to pick up a, a center. Um, and then you get to the defense where, um, like I said, I, I thought Henry, Henry Anderson was coming to New England. I thought that was, like, too good to pass up. Um, I didn't see the terms of the deal so I don't know what, what they paid but he's exactly what Bill wants is that flexibility up front um, to play inside outside and you know uh, he's got they had decisions so they have decisions to make on defense with Guy and Adam Butler uh, you know do they bring can they bring them back and they afford to bring them back um, if I were another team it's funny with I mean, Lawrence Guy was a good player in Baltimore, um, who couldn't get, in. you know, they had too strong a rotation for him to break in up front. It's only, and it's always a three man front. Um, but, but, uh, Bill, Bill recognized that and, and he's, he's done really well. I mean, he's exactly what they wanted in the middle and he had the flexibility to move out as well. Butler, they brought along really well. They use him well. Teams will look at him and say either, and I, I don't know either the patrons have gotten the best out of him that they can get. And I don't, you know, I'm not sure he's gonna be worth big money. Um, or we can do even more with, you know, look, you know, look what they did. And I, I think there's a pretty good shot he might be back. He's he's more the type that Anderson is, um, than Guy. But but signing God's show will help if Guy doesn't if they don't resign. sign. Uh, because he's a he's a good space eater. Um, and a, and a little bit more. LSU seems to produce a lot of these pretty good inside linemen on defense who don't have great natural skills, say, um, you know, quick, the, the overpowering quickness or the, or the extra size. Um, they, they've done a number of them over the years and, and God shows one of them. And, and um, he's a rotation player. So you don't want to play him as a starter but but um you know guy was a rotation player theoretically but he actually was playing an awful lot last year and and the year before and and that in itself was was value. and then when you throw judon into the mix um if hightower comes back and plays like a you know 29 year old hightower because he's had a year to rest um and come back they've got insane flexibility um, all over the line now because Judon can play, <clears throat> Judon can play anywhere from inside backer to down, down end. And if he's an up upright end, um, he's not Willie McGinnis. Um, and I think I said, were we recording when I said about Adalis Thomas? Um, yeah. that, that kind of thing. You know, the Ravens used Adalis Thomas everywhere. Um, And they used on Winsu, who who hasn't done anything since that one good year he had with them, um, everywhere. Um, Although Thomas actually, I remember Thomas lining up on wide receivers, you know, at 265 pounds. He'd be lining up on a slot receiver as a linebacker, you know, um, and, and doing okay at it. And so, you know, it was no surprise when the Patriots paid big money to sign him, but he never really fit in, I think, As well as they thought, primarily because he could—he wasn't an edge setter, and and that's what Bill wanted. Not how many. Ask yourself how many, Shaq Lawson's or Carl Lawson's or whatever other Lawson's are out there. You know, how many? How many stone outside pass rushers has Bill ever signed? You know, how many one-trick ponies? Not very many.
1: No, not Um,
2: really. You know, there was what's his name from the Chargers, um, the outside backer. Um, but he got hurt. Um, and he was more of a pass rusher than a build type outside batter. Um, I'm dragging names out of, out of my, um, my <laughs> Purdue, the, the kid from Purdue. Um, and he, he got a big free agent deal too. And when he played, he was fine. They used him well. Um, Someone, someone out there in the crowd can fill in that name. Yeah, I'm so just—I'm going to draw in a blank you know. too. <laughs> um, and anyway, so that's—you know—that gives them lots of flexibility. Assuming High Towers back, if High Towers not back, it gives them some salary cap freedom, um, or some money freedom. I guess it does I, I think most of his contract is dead, might be dead cap money. Um, and um, and then the other, the only other guy was. Um, Jalen Mills who was not a, you know he's a limited cornerback but he played much better at safety but I think looking at it what Bill Watt likes um and he had a good Super Bowl against the Patriots which often this often with New England is one of the things they you know guy has a good you have a good game against the Patriots they don't forget it you know yeah I at some that's, point we're having we're yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and, um, but Brad, but Mills, what Mills does is fits that kind of multiple position guy in the, in the secondary that they like to have. Um, he could, I think he can play, he can probably play the the deep middle, but he could also play as a slot corner. Um, and it'll, it'll give them, they like using when they go nickel, they like using three safeties. Um, Because they they require tackling and Mills can do that. Um, You know, if they play him in a slot corner, they might ask him to hold an edge, set set an edge, uh, which they they do. I don't know if if Chung comes back. um, I'm assuming he does. Hmm. Uh, But but you know, there's a lot of old guys in that secondary, and I I don't know. Mills like 29, so he's not a youngster, a spring chicken. But but you know, McCordy. I don't know. I, I think Jason might get another contract somewhere else, but but Devin, you know, has been there forever. Um, Chung has been there forever, apart from the year in Philadelphia, um, which was a great indication of how. You remember, Chung had played in Oregon for for Chip Kelly, and when he got to Philadelphia, they didn't know how to use it. I mean, <laughs> the ways they wanted he was he wasn't good enough at the ways they wanted to use it, which is kind of what people said about him coming out of college, um, and. Bill had drafted him in the second round, I think, and saying no, they've overdrafted this guy, which they will do. You know, they drafted Duke Dawson in the second round, for six. Um, But um, you know, playing for Bill Chung is a weapon. They, you know, he knows what he can do and can't do, which is, I think, the overriding uh, motto. Because even more than just do your job, well, it's it's like a colliery to do your job. The calory to do your job is Bill doesn't ask you to do things he doesn't think you can do. They they build their they 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 both bring in players who can do what he wants them to do within the systems, but they 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 tweak the system to the player, you know. So they when they ask him to do something, they don't blame them for not being able to do it, you know. They when um when Ellis um when Ellis um. God, I'm having a bad morning. <laughs> <laughs> has to has to play Plexico Barres, man, man to man, you know. And he's five foot seven, and Barres is six foot five. Mm. You know, that's a bad decision by the coach. Yeah. <laughs> um. And um. You know, if they ask if they ask Chug to cover a really speedy slot receiver, man on man, you know, they they try not to get trapped in those situations, which is what the modern NFL game is all about. The the smart team sees formations to. Try you know find it's like basketball. You, know, you try to find the mismatch, uh, and you get the ball to the guy who's got the mismatch. And you know, that's what the Chiefs' offense is all about. It's what San Francisco and you know, um, the Rams do. Uh, it's what the Patriots did to the Rams brilliantly in the Super Bowl. You, know, you, you come out in a formation, and you, and you look at the coverage, and you know before if you're smart before the ball snap where that ball is going to go because you've got the mismatch you want. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think they're very good defensively at avoiding that most of the time. So I don't know. It, if you disregard the money aspect, I think the Patriots had a pretty good first day. Um, guessing that those contracts, I'm I'm going to guess that some of those contracts are back end easy to get out of, so they won't necessarily wind up in salary cap hell yeah. when they release nelson agalor after two years um
1: most of what i've seen is you're right they're all basically even though it says four or five year deals they're pretty much all two-year deals um with you know quite a low base of per you know active roster bonus and that sort of thing from what i've seen so far and then if at the end of two years it's you know the game's up and they've not been as good as what they were expecting, then they can cut without much hassle. I think. Yeah,
2: and you know, I, I think. Well, it's 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 hard to tell. Um, the best value might well be Brown. I sorry, Born. Trent, Trent Brown is the best value. The best value of yesterday's signings probably might be Kendrick Bourne um, because it's three years and and the money's quite reasonable for. If he turns into a, a, a number two same receiver, um, but the rest of it, they're all players who theoretically fit what they want to do, and it makes the draft a little interesting because when you look at when you look at what's left to fill uh, or where you want, they they're mostly going to be looking at guys to develop behind these these players. Um, so I, I think alignment on both sides of the ball, probably a quarterback, um, but not in the first round. You know, probably a developmental guy, um, and probably a receiver, unless they sign somebody else later on. But, but I still think they need an outside receiver. Um, none, nobody they've got really looks to me like, like the guy who you stick out there on his own. Yeah. Teams want to want to at least shade their coverage to him, if not double him. Um, and you know, again, this year, like most years, is a decent year for draft for, for receivers. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if instead of going for what I was assuming up until yesterday, they we were going to look for was one of these explosive guys that they could use in the slot and and maybe outside too. Um, and there's a couple of guys I really like <laughs> in this draft, not. And, you know, the first three guys are, are, are really, really good, you know, um, but they, you know, they, I would go up for them, uh, if I were the Patriots. And, um, but there's still some, some smaller explosive guys, um, who might be available like in the second round and maybe that they could go to. But I think they'll probably le- lean towards somebody who's bigger, um, and could be an out- outsider. Outside receiver on his own. Um, so I think is what they thought Harry would be, but, it, mm. but now it looks like, you know, he's, he's almost going to be. Most of these guys, it's again, if they do lots of two tight ends, most of these guys will be playing inside a lot if they can, if they use the tight ends outside. You know, I think what you, it looks to me like what you would do would be is a mismatch kind of offense where. Where you're trying to split out a tight end and run an Aguilar or a Bourne through the slot, you know, and see which one gets the gets the guy who can't cope with him. Um, and if you do it on both sides of the field, you're you're even you're even better off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what else happened? Newton, Newton. I'm not. It's hard to figure out what Cam's about, but I don't know if he's. I think they're they're going to revamp the offense even more because I think the one thing you saw was that Cam wasn't the kind of quick, quick read and get it out kind of guy. Um, and, um, that's contrary to kind of what they've looked for before, but I think you'll see, I think you're going to see him running. Um, I think they're going to look at Baltimore. (laughs) And if he's healthier. You know, because last year it looked the funny thing about Cam Newton running last year is a lot of the time it looked like he was walking. It was like <laughs> for a big guy, a guy, a linebacker sized guy, he's got a lot of escapability and he would literally be like trotting behind a lineman. you know, and, and then it seemed like almost come to a stop and walk through tackles, you know, break tackles without any speed at all, you yeah. know, and then re- So, um, you know, they they re-signed Bethel, they re-signed Wise. Um, they like Wise a lot. Uh, they'll probably see more snaps. Um, every time I think of Wise, I think of Derek Rivers. And you know.
1: Yeah, if, me too. For they, some if reason.
2: <laughs> if they had got rid of Rivers a year earlier and kept Pinnell, I think they'd be in better shape. Um, better shape now than than they than they are. Um, And so, you know, I, I think overall, from the fans' point of view, I think the fans will be saying, "You go, Bill." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the critics will be saying he's overspent on on guys who aren't blue chip players. But when you look at the overspend, he's not paying them like blue chip players. He's paying them, paying them somewhere in the middle, depending on how the contracts are structured. Um, but it, it sends a message that like they know what they want to do to rebuild. I think they understand they're in a rebuild situation now. Um, it helps them stock certain positions. And you know, there are still questions remaining about that roster, but um especially running back, you know, the ideal in an ideal world they would be able um they would be able to function without having a designated um, third down back. You hmm. know, in, in, in other words, you could put one of your starting running backs out there on all three downs and he'd still be a threat to to go out and catch a pass and, and that kind of thing. They almost seem to resist doing that. Now they obviously know the players better than I do, but you know, um, and and certainly Burkhead and James White offers them a really unique set of talents. But last year he looked like he was running at about 75% um, of James White. White's not really an explosive runner. He's a, he's a kind of shifty, smart runner who makes himself hard to tackle. With White, with White and Cam Newton carrying the ball on successive plays, it was like you'd go to your, you'd go to your uh, thing and say, am I running in slow motion or, or what? <laughs> and And um, – you know, so I, I don't know I don't know what they do in, in that situation. The book would say guys like that are available. You know, you, they're not premium. Uh, neither White nor Burkhead is really a premium guy coming out of college. I thought Burkhead, in fact, was overvalued by the, the Bengals when they when they got inside' i had done Big Ten games and, and I thought Luke Nebraska was really kind of one dimensional as a runner. Um, but he, he proved to be better than I than I thought. Um, and a lot of that I think was down to effort and, um, so you know it's if they can sort quarterback out which presumably they have to do because Cam's only on a one year deal and if, if he were to play really well they then would have to splash out big money to keep him if they were to get you know, deep in the playoffs and he had a really good season um, I kind of think they think that Stidham not going to be the answer at this point, um, Brian Hoyer,
1: we you know, is not the answer.
2: Um, Hoyer would have been a good pickup for Washington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they went down the yep. other old man route instead.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fitz, that's, thats it's bizarre in a sense, you know. Um, I suppose Miami thought they, they really had to let Fitz go because if they didn't, it'd always be a controversy with him and Tua. Hmm. Um so, you know, it, it's kind of like you got to get out from under, from under the shadow and, and go with the guy who thinks you're quarterback of the future. And obviously Fitz is not really anybody's quarterback of the future, unless, <laughs> unless he's doing the Tom Brady avocado thing. Um, but um, it's, I, don't begrudge, I don't begrudge Washington any bad decisions. They can make as many as they want. And it won't bother me in, in the least, you know. Um, yeah, maybe if Dan Snyder le- leaves the team and um, the city of Washington takes over ownership, I would start to like them. But until that happens, I'm I probably not that worried. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think I wrote last week in my Patreon column, which, as I said, is I outdated myself by not covering <laughs> the things I was going to do this week. But the Jerry Jones, one of Jerry Jones's master plans may be to um, make the rest of the league spend lots of money on quarterbacks. Uh, Because what the biggest effect of the Dak deal is that it's going to bump the price up for all the quarterbacks who come into free agency after him. Although when you break the Dak deal down, like the Mahomes deal, it's actually much more manageable for the team. Than it looks on the on the surface, um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily break the bank. Although Jerry doesn't really mind breaking the bank for what the cold hard football guys used to call shiny hood ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's like the kind of guy who likes to spend a lot of money on shiny hood order, ornaments mm. for, for his team, um, and that's what that's kind of what gets what gets them in, into trouble. But um, you know, just having Dak back makes them the best team in the division easily. Um, and so that's probably worth it in, in and of itself. But, you know, as I said, I, I made a list last week of quarterbacks and kind of, I wasn't ranking them one through 32 or anything like that, but just kind of putting them into groups. Um, and Dak certainly is in the top group. Um, you know, so if you were ranking them one to 10, He's probably somewhere around eight to 10, depending on, you know, some of the guys who are obviously on the way out, uh, the, the Matt Ryans, the Matt Stafford or something like that. And I was a huge Dak supporter when he was in college. We were doing the American Carnage podcast then. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm my board for whatever that was worth. He was like high second round, late first round, third quarterback off the board um, behind Wentz and Cox you know and and he's done better than either obviously um although he went into you know his rookie year which was their best year i still think with with him i mean he went into a fantastic situation for a rookie quarterback the best offensive line in the league you know a a great running back enough receivers to make life easy and he didn't have to carry a team himself and you know the best description of him i had at that was, was It's kind of like he's like the poor man's Russell Wilson, but he's not as good as Russell. He doesn't do what Russell, he can't do what Russell Wilson does week in and week out, um, all the time. But but still, he's got you know, he's got those kind of qualities. So, you know, I I thought Dallas did well, did well enough to keep him. Um, they had to because that's the other thing. What's the alternative? You've got a top 10 quarterback, where are you going to find another one? you can't even a rookie who might be and you know and then and, and that's the other thing if you put if you put her Justin Hebert or um <laughs> or uh, Joe Burrow um, you know in your top 10 that which I think is premature to always take a quarterback who's only had one year and you know and, and rank them. Um, but you know even if you put them in you still would you rather have you know you'd rather have them long run say but if you're Dallas would you rather have him or that, it's probably a cross up. Um, but you're not going to get, you're not going to get him and you can't depend on picking one up in the draft. Even Trevor Lawrence is a question mark for his first, you know, for his rookie year. Yeah. And as I said, always the biggest problem with rookie quarterbacks is they tend to go to bad teams, which yeah. doesn't let, you know, as if they were fully formed QBs and, um, they don't get a chance to develop all their skills because like Joe Burrow last year half the time he running for your life. Uh, the Chargers did very well to keep A Bear alive, you know, considering how bad their offensive line is. Yeah, it was a tribute to his thing. I remember I think it was it was one of the Schwartz brothers. I think it was Jeff Schwartz last year who said, you know, what they should be looking at is his last like three or four games at Oregon, including the bowl. Where the coaching staff seemed to say it's okay if you want to run, run, and they had kind of held him back before that, and he played mostly as a pocket passer. And the difference was amazing, you know, um, much more offense generated, and, and it turned out to be that way with the Chargers as well. Um, and you know, beyond yeah, Lawrence, who so I, I think you everybody is not wrong. He's obviously the number one pick. He's probably on paper, at least coming out of the college, you know, a better prospect than either of the guys last year, which is saying quite a bit. Um, but beyond him, I'm not sure where any of the other guys fall in. And you know, you can make arguments for or against them. Um, which to me is less interesting in terms of like how you rank them, as the fact that you have to understand you're making arguments for or against them. Mm-hmm. Which means it's not it's not a slam dunk. It's not a sure thing. Um, you have got to be very careful, you know, and understand what what each guy's strengths and weaknesses are, and how that's going to fit into your what you want to play and how you want to play, and you know what what how fast you have to bring him along or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I thought at one point Trey Lance was going to be a bargain somewhere in the middle of the first round because um, he didn't because he didn't play, in the one game he played, he's not a great game against. Um, Central Arkansas, um, the Central Arkansas University. Um, but but um, I don't think, I, I think probably none of the four, I think he'll go before one of the other three guys, and, and probably none none of the four make it beyond 14 or 15. It'd be interesting to see if if one of them is there at 15, what the Patriots' reaction would be. Yeah. Um, you know, whether a Nick Saban quarterback is going to be, you know, attractive to Bill. Um, given that how many Alabama quarterbacks have been hugely successful in the NFL um, since Joe Namath, um, you know, not, it's it's it, the obvious, the obvious point to make with anyone coming out of Alabama is, is you're playing on a loaded team normally. And in fairness, you're play often playing against some very good teams as well, because in the SEC there are some very good teams, and you you have to play the SEC championship game, and, and you're almost a guarantee to go to the college um, playoffs you know, unless you lose to Troy State or one of your other cupcake game games. No offense, Osie. Um And um, <laughs> um, but you wonder if that personal thing, which you know. Bill depends on to a good extent, you know, you, you saw him taking advice on linemen from like Pat Hill and, and um, what's his name in Iowa and um, uh, from Urban Meyer, uh, Nick Saban, you know, th- these are guys he talks to him and, and, you know, respects their opinions. And they also know, I mean, they all coach for him except Urban Meyer, but they know what Bill wants to do so they can, you know, really, really hum- I mean, he. So many Alabama guys in his defense, you know, who know how how he wants to play, and and Saban's a great defensive coach technique wise. You know, he, he teaches he teaches really well. Um, Patrick Sertain is one of my. If they weren't so loaded at cornerback, <laughs> it's funny, it's funny about that with the Patriots, you know, because yeah, I'd say, oh, it's Patrick Sertain for the Patriots, but of course, you know. They're loaded. What are, are, are they thinking about moving someone else to safety? Does, does, does Williams move to safety, say, and then they can they've got a spot for another corner? Um, because corners is one of the places, maybe the only place where Bill has broken the bank in free agency, um, you know, gone out and, and signed for big money. Um, Daryl Revis, Daryl Revis and Akib Talib, uh, both. You know, when you start, that's worth it to have a number one shutdown kind of corner yeah. step Gilmore, obviously. Um, and again, I think the reason is less. The reason is a little more subtle than you would think. It's not that you have a number one shutdown guy so you can shut down the other team's number one receiver. It gives you the flexibility. To do other things with him, and you know the Patriots have done it a lot. They they'll double the other team's number one receiver and put Gilmore on the number two guy, and therefore shut them both off. Um, you know they'll they'll put Gilmore on on the number one and double someone, not the number two guy, but let's say a tight end that you need to stop. Um, they tried that with the Chiefs um, at, at one point, point. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating thing. Watching how teams defense the Chiefs next year is going to be fascinating too because it's a copycat league, obviously, and when you watch Todd Bowles. Um, what I'd like to do would be to get a split-screen computer. I'm sure my computer will do a split-screen, but I don't know how, and I'm not sure it'll pay, play two videos at once on split-screen, split but I'd love to watch the Patriots' game plan against the Rams and the Bucks game plan against the Chiefs side-by-side side and, and see how many similar Kind of things they were doing, um, yeah. You know, and 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 both times, I think it it began with not letting Kyrie Hill beat you deep.
1: Oh, um, yeah.
2: And then the second thing was controlling, if not stopping, Travis Kelsey. Um, they did it sort of different ways. Uh, the Patriots were using a, a lot of safety as water, um in the middle of the field. The clog up the middle, the Bucks were using those two linebackers often man to man on the tight end um, and banging him off the line of scrimmage or banging him at the five yard spot to kind of just disrupt his timing and, and his roots. Um, and and I, I just found that, that fascinating. And they had the Patriots might not be able to play, they, they do play an awful lot of two linebacker uh, defense as the Patriots did. Um, two, three, six, uh, sorry, three, two, six, uh, four, two, five, a lot, you know, um, because, and using the same guys, um, which confuses a defense because, you know, you're not subbing in guys so they can say, Oh, I can see what this package is. Um, and, um, but they don't have very few teams too Devin White, Levante, David kind of linebackers who can both go sideline to sideline from the middle and run with a tight end. Um, or, or bang him and then run with him, which is what Levante David was doing so well on Kelsey, you know, whacking him at, at the five yard spot or, or whenever it looked like he was about to start his break, making him take a step back and slowing him down in, in that sense. They can't really do that. Um, that's one, it's been one of the weaknesses. Remember, if you want a video example of it, you'd have Minkowski in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Try to catch, um, whichever of the running backs it was who took the pass, um, from, uh, from Ryan to the outside, kind of swing pass and, and beat him to the end zone. You know, they, they, they never had a sideline to sideline kind of coverage guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the, but, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I've got to get going because I've, I've just been talking for almost an hour. So we've just been, I've been do, dominating that, uh, monopolizing the conversation, but I do have to get going. No problem um, at
1: all. Um, just before you go then, Mike, uh, was uh, you talked about it there, about the Patreon column and things, um, but do you want to give that a, a plug and where people can find you on Twitter as well?
2: Sure, sure. The Twitter is at Carlson Sports. I was one of the first guys to do that. Um, and I shouldn't have done it because I do so much stuff that's non sporty. The Twitter, the Twitter handle kind of puts some people in the literary world off. Um, the whole, the whole idea, but it's at Carlson Sports, all one word or Carlson's ports. I started calling it. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody seems to believe that. Um, and the, the Patreon column is, is patreon.com uh, forward slash it's Mike Carlson, F M T E. It's because it was, Originally a continuation of my old Friday morning tied in column for NFL UK.
1: So that was Mike Carlson there. Thank you very much to Mike um, for coming on and doing that quick reaction. Well, it was meant to be quick. It was maybe a bit longer than was expected, but Mike likes to chat. Mike knows that, and that's no problem at all because we like listening to Mike and getting his stories and things as well. And Jake, you were listening in the background and most of that, but the listeners wouldn't have heard your voice. On that um, little segment there, but you're here with us nonetheless. And so, firstly, how are you doing? We've not heard from you in a little while.
0: Yeah, um, I'm like Lazarus, I've resurrected from the uh, from the from the metaphorical dead. And um, no, I'm good. Just um, busy with my day job, really. Um, yeah, this just not much more interesting than that, I'm afraid, especially with. With lockdown and, and everything else, so I wish I could tell you that i have been on some massive quest to destroy a ring in a volcanic land. But no, nothing of, of the sort. Just been in my, uh, in my flat, doing work and watching a bit of TV. Super thrilling. How have you been?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, similar. Just going to the park quite a lot with my daughter, uh, counting down the days till baby number two arrives but apart from that you know I'd like to count down days um I don't know have you done that yet have you since Boris gave you indicative dates down in England have you got a red circle around the date that you can finally get to a pub or anything like that that you're looking forward to uh,
2: I
0: keep forgetting what the date I, I'm just so busy <laughs> I can't you know I just. you know when when you're so sort of like deep into projects or I'm just in that weird phase at the moment where it's kind of hard to stick your head above the sort of parapet and uh, pay attention. I guess Um, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me a whole lot because I mean, it. I mean, realistically, when you know, if it's hypothetically, it's a month from now. So this uh, the 16th of April. If it's the 16th of April, um, I'm not going out. Because everyone's going to be out. If you know the shopping centre is reopen, I don't know. It just sounds like a bit of a mess. So I'm not uh, vaccinated either. So yeah, uh, I mean, when, when I'm vaccinated, yeah, maybe I'll throw caution to the wind. But for now, I think uh, I think I'm just going to carry on as I am.
1: It seems like a a, f- a fair thing to do. I don't like, I I've no no intention either apart of throwing uh throwing myself into the deep end as they might say that's just um yeah well if I could get to do more things with my little one that'd be the my main priority getting a soft place in or go out for a lunch with a wife or something especially when the newborn comes it'd be nice to get out for a drink but like you know obviously a a safe one um Mm. well not that we'll be taking a a three-week-old baby to a nightclub
0: <laughs> i don't know I'm just, I'm quite a, to watch.
1: i might uh might get the social knocking on the door if that's the case but um <laughs> you know if we could get in a, a nice beer garden with a bit warmer weather and sit over in a, a far corner away from everyone just to get out for a little bit that'd be nice but no in general i'm not really that fussed i think it's more I think for for me anyway, and probably a lot of people, a lot of it's more the idea of things. You know, yeah, you're not you're not really that fussed about going to the shops every day of the week or going to the pub every day of the week or ever. Um, generally speaking, maybe some people are, but you know, it's more the the thought of oh, I can do this today or I could do that today. As it stands, you're just like can't do anything pretty much.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm just used to it at this point. Um... Let's not say I'm not, I don't get bored or, or you know, I wish I could go out as well and, and stuff like that. I just think, just kind of resigned to it. It is what it is, and when it when it goes, it goes. Um, you know, the, we've been doing this for. You know, we were just saying, my uh, colleagues just pointed out, it's been a year since we were all in the office at the same time, and I'm just kind of used to it now. Hmm. So it's gonna. I think it'll actually be an adjustment. To go back to how things were, um, you know, as and when things kind of come back and uh, restrictions get lifted, etc. I think that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bit strange. I think, especially you know, like that, that first day. I don't know. At some point in the future, we hope. Um, you know, they're like, oh, you, you know, face masks aren't mandatory anymore. If that even happens, uh, I, I just think it'll be it'll be kind of weird to see people out and about without face masks on. You'll almost be like, you know, a part of you is going to want to get up and tell someone to put their mask back on.
1: I was just thinking the same thing, actually, something like face masks, you know, they've uh, they've gone and done away with all that in, in Texas, it seems. Um, you know, it's no, no face mask mandate or anything like that over there now. Um, but I, I think even things similar to that of, the, we've all got them on social media, whether it's a friend on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And, you know, that's they post whatever. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm around at my friend's house or something. And I'm not that fussed anymore, I must admit. But there is still that part of me that's like, you're not meant to do that. You're yeah. not. You know, that uh, we're not meant to be mixed in people's houses. And you're like, oh, you're not meant to do it. What are you doing? What is happening? Like just that tiny part of me still gets irate, but at the same time I'm like, nah, if you want to go and catch COVID or whatever, then crack on.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I think uh, at this at this point in the game, you know what the risks are. You know what could happen. You know, it's kinda of, it's on you and it's on the other person. And then it's on you as well if you know, you get you catch it and then go see your grandma and you know, God forbid something happens as well. So, you yeah. know. If
1: you can live with the consequences of your
0: actions, then go for it.
1: Hmm. I think America, it's Americans. Um, well, the stuff I see on socials on Instagram in particular, and from people in America, that throws me because they've—I forget that they've not had a lot of the same restrictions as we've had. You know, I've seen clips of people in not nightclubs as such, but you know those. Everyone's got those bars in their towns and cities that turn into nightclubs past 10 o'clock sort of thing or whatever, and, you know, there's maybe 50 people in there and they're all up dancing and things like that. I've seen those types of clips or just in general, how much more freer they are to get out and about and go to a shop or go to a restaurant and things. You are like, I I guess it's maybe a little jealousy creeping in, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I
1: almost feel like they've been...
0: Misinformed isn't the right word, but yeah. I don't know if they necessarily, it's kind of at the forefront of their mind, you know, like this is how bad it, You know, if you rewind what, uh, just under a year ago, then, if you put us into like May, June, and BBC are putting on, you know, video, showing videos from Italy, and Italy look like something from a horror film, you know, like the way they're almost portraying it. Mm-hmm. And people, oh, God, like, I. Like, you know, what if England turns into that and there's people in these ventilators and blah, blah. I feel like America has not done anywhere near that scope of kind of almost scaring the population into common sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it just kind of feels, because everything is on such a state by state basis and I'm sure we've talked about this before but it just feels like some places are taking it serious some places are just kind of like yeah no it's fine this is a cold and obviously it isn't <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think and on a positive note in, in terms of some things, I mean, we saw a crowd at the Super Bowl and um, we're, what, a month, five weeks removed from WrestleMania going over two nights and it's in the the very same stadium in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa and they're going to have a crowd in for that. for So that'll be a bit different rather than the, the Thunderdome experience that I've, has been over the past uh, number of months. So I'm looking forward to that just from that um, perspective. But again, from like a sort of safety standpoint that they're going to have a reduced capacity. And I am at a point now as well that, you know, your local, local football team, soccer team, whatever you want to call it, that normally gets 400 people on a match day. Then surely we can get to a stage. It's outdoors. You know, we're into the nicer weather. Surely we could be seeing the end of the season through with actual people in in, uh, in football grounds around the country, but who might decide um, on on that sort of thing. But I can decide on whether I'm pleased with the acquisitions that happened yesterday. Um, overall, I, I, like Mike was saying, you know, I think we'll be reasonably pleased. The, there is that. I think there's a critic in everyone that it's not who we were expecting at all. You know, I wasn't expecting Juju because of his extravagance that's not going to fit into the bill system and the the Patriot way, as it were, possibly. Um, Kenny Golliday might come, but probably the money's been spent in other areas now, so you're not going to see him. I just wonder who else we might see. One, are you happy overall with the day one expenditure? And two, do you still see them doing more business before the draft next month?
0: Um. Yeah, I, I think I think
1: you I think you have to be happy.
0: This is almost like because I was thinking about this last night because someone was sort of wondering why people were tweeting about the NFL and the Patriots so much, and I I assume they don't follow the NFL, um, but they definitely follow soccer football. Um, and I was kind of like, this is like Man United you know, like Ferguson has just retired and Man United have just like gone, screw it, and open the checkbook. And rather than just signing players that, um, I don't know, maybe that are just names, they're, they're signing like proven quality and sort of going, okay, well, this is this is a problem area. Let's fix that. This is a problem area. Let's fix that as well. And you as a fan can't ask for more, more than that really. Um, I think it is a massive statement in terms of like, you know, last year was a bit of a blip. Um, I think what happened down in uh, Tampa has probably had a a bit of an impact as well. I think you'd be kind of lying to yourself if you didn't think that played into it it as well. Um, Yeah, I I just think it it had to be done. You had to kind of make a statement. Show, hey, we're still here. Um, and, yeah, regardless new head coach would say. So uh, yeah, I I think I'm I think I'm happy. Um I was really hoping we were going to get Curtis Samuel. Um, still hoping that we somehow, for some reason, get Curtis Samuel because I think Mike alludes to the fact that from a wide receiver point of view, we don't have someone to take the top off necessarily. You know, like you said, like, um, Galladay would, would probably be that guy. I mean, God, if, if we had like, hypothetically, if we put Galladay in there now on top of the, the guys we've just brought in, you'd be looking at a, a three receiver set that it is pretty damn good considering the upgrade it was on from, you know, last year. Um, yeah, I think there's still a few question marks in, in a few spots, um, but, you know, to bring in um, who we have and to shore it up, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're looking at this from a purely like a Madden perspective and you looked at like our rating last yes, year, yes, yes. suddenly you consider as well that we've got so many people coming back from uh, Optinel I think this is a very different animal to the one that we had last year, which was a little bit toothless um, in, in several respects. It now seems that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of getting a little bit more bite back and, and that's obviously what we want. And Cam's getting some uh, much needed weaponry because I, I don't think he got a fair shot of it. You know, as Mike was saying about the um, uh, you know, like Cowboys, uh, Dak. Um, you know, Dak having a, you know, coming in as a rookie and having such a solid line, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like Cam came in as a rookie and then we had like a bit of a, you know, he had a good, he had a decent line, but he just didn't have anything to work with. So a lot of the onus is on him. So I think, uh, I think this is the year where, you know, hypothetically we don't bring another quarterback in to be QB1 and Cam is QB1. I think this is the sort of make or break year for him, you know there's an upside. He does really well. We saw him to a longer deal. You know, If there's a downside and he's not as good, cool. You know, We totally tried. No one's going to be able to say the pages didn't give him a chance or likewise he didn't get an opportunity. So yeah, all, all around, I think uh, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting.
1: Yeah, definitely exciting. That, that's my. I couldn't I was trying to not go to bed early, but you know, I sort of Sit down with the wife for a little bit last night, and I, can't, I couldn't help but keep on reaching to my phone because I was like, "Oh, oh, something What's else, has happened. Oh. Oh, something else <laughs> is happening. Oh, something else is happening. Oh, something else happening." And full disclosure, we were actually going to um, speak about things last night when it was basically it was going on in front of our eyes. But it's probably better that we've waited until this morning because it's gave America a chance comes. to go to sleep and the as you say, the yeah. dust to settle, and we can actually. Go through it and see what's what, and see the deals that seem be on the table. And uh, me and Mike were saying earlier, you know, most of these deals are, to me, from what I can see, they're two-year deals essentially, not three, four, or five-year deals, as seems to have as the reported thing. You know, we can cut bait after two years and with minimal um, cap, dead cap money at the end of it. It's they're all quite incentive laid in because they know that they're in a position of you know how do you motivate this team and apart from being seven and nine last year and to actually make it out of the division into playoffs which should be a big motivation in itself and um, i think as love it or hate it sports stars are driven by money and if you can incentivize them by saying right you hit these high benchmarks you will get pretty much all of your money handed to you then I think that's it's probably a good way to go about it, and it keeps them hungry. Um, they've gone younger, which is something that's been drastically needed the past couple of years. Yes, we need to start need to start going younger a lot of time, and as again, what Mike said there, um, someone like Matthew Judon isn't a complete, you know, he's not a Shaq batter or a um, that type of edge, edge guy, um. He is more of along the lines of Vannoy or Ninkovic that can, you know, swap in about in these sets that um, he talked about, um, which we are getting used to as fans watching um, these the amoeba um, effect as it was c- classified a couple of years ago with the boogeyman. You know, you didn't know who was coming at you or who was dropping off or whatever. Someone like Juron coming in um, helps that. Progress this next year, and yeah, that, that. And again, I think someone like Smith is exactly who we were targeting. But the thing that annoys me and probably annoys a lot of people will be Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Not so much Bourne because he's what is he in his third year, or second year, whatever, third year, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I liked him in San Fran. I thought they would have used him a lot more in the Super Bowl that they lost out to the Chiefs on. Um, I don't... But it's it's not that big, splashy, marquee name. But, I, no. I mean, come on. I think we've all got to be realistic and realise that we weren't really getting that big, splashy, marquee name. I think... I think I think Marvin Jones or Curtis Samuel is as splashy as it's going to get, really, and they could still be signed. They're still free agents as the time of recording, but um, yeah. I thought I'm, And I do wonder now, I might be wrong, and if I am, then fair enough, but I wonder if they're now tipping their hat slightly as to what they're going to do in the draft, because they, as Mike Mentioned they've and you've just mentioned there as well. We've not got that field stretcher, that outside receiver that, mm-hmm. like an AJ Brown, that a lot of people think we should have picked up at the time a couple of years ago. And so, looking to the likes of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell and the likes that are even Kyle Pitts, probably, um, even though he's classified as a tight end, he's that weird oh, hybrid. God,
0: don't. Um, I don't, um, I covet.
1: I think right. it's look. almost tipping the hat to the way they're going to go in the draft. They're not. They've signed Cam, so they're not taking one of the top guys. In 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 my opinion, they're not taking one of the top QBs in the draft. They're not now going to trade up into that seventh pick or that fourth pick to to get one of them because why would you do that? And then you know, pretty much you're going to upset Cam Newton. It, you're not taking one of them for Cam Newton then to sit on the bench for this next season to come. You're then looking at hopefully getting someone in their eyes, like Mark Jones or someone else. In the you know, that second or third round pick they've picked up in, in trades recently. um, Someone like that. So I think at 15, you're then looking to the likes of Pitts or Waddle that is going to be that outside guy that that can, you know, run 40 yards and, and p- catch a bomb from Newton. As I say, I might be yeah, wrong. I,
0: no, I, I agree. I don't... I think unless someone kind of falls, which is obviously highly unlikely given the teams that are picking ahead of us who are, you know, QB needy... Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I would I would love to see Pitts in a Patriots uniform. Um, he he's not Gronkowski by any means, but uh, maybe an Aaron Hernandez esque. Do you know what I mean? He's in block, athletic, tall. I think he'd almost kind of fit in that way. And and just from looking at him, you know, bear in mind I'm, I'm not a, an expert by any means, and it's just the eye test just looks like he'd slot in, you know, and, and that's, that's not even, you know, necessarily with the Patriots, you know, I right? you know a lot of uh, a lot of the sort of journalists kind of see him going to Philadelphia or somewhere like that. I just think he'd slot in straight away. straight yeah. away. And you imagine, you know, if we had like pits and suddenly you're running like wildcat formations, you're you know, two tight end sets, you know, you're, you're looking at something that's quite a formidable, um, you know, maybe at that point you're not kind of you don't need a Galadai, you don't need the, the Samuel, because you've got two really decent tight ends and you know running all kinds of routes uh, in the middle, um, along with, with with some some decent outside receivers. It'll be interesting as well just to see if Edelman comes back. I mean, what's your hmm. thought on that?
1: Um, I think he comes back. I think he will probably. Oh, I think you'll so. probably just end up. This is potentially his last year um, I would think I think he comes back and I think he he serves a, he doesn't serve a purpose but you know we've not because I think the the other thing about picking up Aguilar and Bourne and why I think we're going to head towards a Waddle or a Pitts in the draft is we've not got a true wide receiver one and even Edelman coming back is not mm-hmm. a true wide receiver one that's not to no. say that he doesn't pick up the majority of the catches but that doesn't make you a wide receiver one just because you've caught 70 percent of the balls yeah okay kind of does in fancy terms or whatever but that's just to say that they've schemed it properly that you know he's the dink and dunk or whatever might be you know Mm. getting in behind that secondary and catching the ball um to a lot of people and to myself included a wide receiver one is that sort of Antonio Brown, the D.K. Metcalf, the, the A.J. Brown type, that he is your number one read. And if you can get him open 30 yards downfield or, you know, on a slant or on a fade or whatever it might be, or just a straight straight up and go, then that's what we're missing at the moment. Even, you know, Myers isn't it. Um, Bird, if he's back, isn't it. Um, you know, Aguilar, Bourne. Edelman, none of them are it. You're, that is what we're missing. That's why I think it's tipping the hat um, towards the draft and saying, right, we are going after Waddle, Smith, Pitts, whatever other wide receivers, uh, an outside edge that's got a four-four speed and it'll, you know, take the roof off the place, so to speak. Mm. Uh, I think
0: that's what we need. I, mean, you know, I think Carson um, kind of mentioned it you need to have that kind of respect from the defense of you know this we need to double this guy we need to shape this guy we just kind of need to be fully aware that this guy is he's lined up on the outside and you know there's that potential for to for Cam to just launch one around it you know you go back to uh my favorite ever player uh, randy moss and tom could just lob the ball and airball it um and odds are, Moss is coming down with it. So, uh, you know, if you've got someone like that, which is obviously, you know, you're going to pay a premium or you're going to have to hit it real lucky in, in the draft, it really does add uh, a layer of threat uh, that, yeah, as you said, is, is probably missing at the moment. I don't think right now, if if we were playing Kansas, for example, first name, that came off the top of my head, I don't think they would necessarily have a bit of a tough time kind of, you know, right match up wise, etc., etc. Um, but you add that, that that extra element to it. Oh, now, now we got a bit of a party.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think if we quickly look at the opposite side of the ball, because uh, um, I know you need to get on as well for uh, work purposes. Um, I was going to ask Mike. I didn't get the chance there. Um, but picking up Davin Godshaw from the the Dolphins. Um and he mentioned Butler and Guy as being two guys that are, you know, I think as far as I'm aware, they're shopping, you know, putting themselves out there and see what comes back. And if not, they'll probably end up signing back with the Patriots. So it wouldn't surprise me, I was I was gonna mention then that if one or both of them end up in Miami, because they are similar to Godshaw, but they're probably better than him um in some aspects. And that obvious connection with Brian Flores, it wouldn't surprise me if one or both end up there. Um, are you happy enough with the defensive pickups? And do you think I might be onto something with in regards Butler and Guy?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think they're good. <laughs> I think they've been good for us. I don't think it would be a massive, massive loss if they walked. I mean, I'm still quite upset with, like, Go Um
1: Don't get me started.
0: Yeah, I'm still quite <laughs> Yeah, like that. I, I, it's been a while since like we've let someone walk, and it's just like literally upset me. <laughs> uh, do you, yeah, I think defensively we I think we're in a good spot, really. Um, it'd be cool to see a few like other additions potentially, but if, if we were to kind of lock this in now, I'd be there's a lot of rotation in there. Which I think is obviously so important when injuries stack up and you know there's certain matchups, etc. I think the say so like the linebacking core I thought was okay last year. I think you know you had like a few standouts. You know like um, uh, I just think with, with the guys coming back and everything else, it's almost like a new team anyway. Without the people that we've obviously just signed um, as of as of last night, so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think we're in a I think we're in a good spot. Just a uh, all round really. I'm really really interested to see what um, what happens with the guy from the Eagles. Like what what what
1: um, hair color does he dye it to?
0: Does he puts himself <laughs> the Green Goblin. So I'm curious to see if he changes his hairstyle.
1: Yeah, what what does he then go blue? The blue
0: meanie, blue meanie or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that uh, that does not want to be repeated. One one in WWF was bad enough. <laughs> we don't need another one of those. Um, but no, I think you might be right. I think you might go the, the blue route. Or you could go red and the red dragon or something, possibly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or well, maybe just goes full-on Patriot and Stars and Stripes. Really unsortable.
1: Yeah, could do. Um, but no, uh, overall... <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I'm pleased both sides of what the, they've done, and um, definitely Trent Brown was a good trend setter, and it, it set me up right last week for what was to come this week. I didn't expect them basically going out and scooping up a whole football team in one day, but um, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely exciting. Um, I don't think they're finished yet. Between now, you know, in the next was it two or three weeks they've got. Um, to get deals done i don't think they're they're done by any stretch comings and goings whether that in, includes the likes of you know depends on what happens with david andrews if he comes back then center sorted if not they'll be looking to go and get a center and that kind of thing so it's definitely i watch this space and um keep an eye on your your phone and put your notifications on over the next um to at least till the end of the week and until it settles down i would imagine and then obviously we've got the draft to look forward to which seems to be in some sort of live aspect is going to be in cleveland as i mentioned with jamie last week um so that'll be interesting to see and um i have to put my hat on something don't i and i think we'll go down that receiver route for the 15th pick and um knowing Bill, he'll go and take another safety or something, even though he's picked one up yesterday. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. But um it's been good to to hear your voice, man. It's been good to get you back on and we'll hopefully try and get this sorted and back to something a bit more regular in the future. But um in the meantime, if not, then we'll I'll keep trying to get guests for everyone to listen to. But yeah, you know, um I mentioned it last week with Jamie and just in case that nobody's aware of your collabs and things that you've been up to, do you want to give that a plug and the the Twitter and things because you're you're racking up the followers. I see, so um, yeah, give a, give all that a plug before before we end this one, and we'll we'll hopefully chat again next week as well. Yeah, can do. Um, I mean, if
0: you're an F one fan, um, yeah, I mean it's not it's not anything complicated. You probably have to follow, you know, you know. Bang in the middle of a Venn diagram of F1 fan and, I don't know, art connoisseur or design appreciator. Um, but yeah, I've just been doing um, sort of a collaboration in terms of opening up the floor to, to other designers and kind of letting them, um, sort of giving them a, a set beginning and sort of seeing where where they end up and getting them to post their, their creation. So um, yeah, we just ended up with well, at this point it's probably about 150 um, total um, different sort of edits or like graphics for different F1 drivers. Um, yeah, it's just been really interesting, really cool and sort of great to kind of get people involved. Um, I think at some point I'll probably do an NFL one, but I think for now where there's so many eyeballs on it and we've kind of niched it into, into F1, I think we'll keep it in, in that sort of area for the time being. Especially with set uh, eyeballs, uh, and I'll leave it at that. Um, that have been kind of paying attention. So um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. It kind of gives me a way to put myself out there without necessarily actually doing a whole heap um, apart from setting up the initial file. So um, yeah, can't complain there.
1: Really. Cool, man. And that's uh, where. What is your Twitter handle again?
0: Oh, just like uh, Jake Paul Design um that's probably going to change um in the next couple of
1: months
2: but yeah for now you'll find me
1: there cool well sweet man um as i say it's been great to get you back on it is the the jake and macho it's just not the match show, and with special guests so it's cool um good to get your thoughts on what went on yesterday and for anyone else that wants to chip in with their thoughts and um you know, their likes and dislikes over day one of 3D Agency, the legal tampering period, um, as Mike said, it's at Pat's Chat UK for both Instagram and Twitter. Um, If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Matt Inkster. Remember, folks, to rate, review and subscribe if you want to share us in your stories and Instagram and that kind of thing, and that'd be amazing as well. And um, you can catch us on all the good podcasts. Podcatching places like Spotify, Apple, Google and um, and the like as well and yeah I think that's it from us it's a, a more lengthy um, instant reaction than I was expecting but between myself Jake and Mike hopefully you've you've been covered for for today and um, this will go out as soon as it's up and ready to go and but until then hopefully we'll get some more might have to get another instant reaction pod before the end of the week but if not you'll hear from us next week again and until then we'll speak to you soon
2: see you later um...